Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. And we have to remember that this is our boyfriend, our girlfriend, the love of our life. And and I say boyfriend, girlfriend, because how we treat each other when we're dating, remember that? How it's like, oh, I want him to like me and I want to make sure I'm good to him and all that. Sometimes we get married and we forget that it's important to still do that. It's important to to still woo them. When we get caught up in the everyday busyness of life and kids, we can sometimes forget about our spouse. And February is a great time to do a wellness check on our relationships. We're joined today by a regular guest here on Connections, Lucille Williams. She's an expert when it comes to kids and relationships. And today we're going to chat about how we can start refreshing our relationships and how we can bring all of this back to God. Lucille Williams joins us today. She's our regular guest here on Connections, one of our friends. She's also an author, a speaker. She's also been in ministry for several years working alongside couples. We haven't chatted with you in a while. Tell us what you've been up to over the past couple months. Hi, Colleen. Yeah, writing and doing ministry and just doing life, enjoying my family. You've got a conference coming up very soon where you're going to be chatting about refreshing marriage. Tell us a little bit about this conference. Yes, there's a conference through Homeward, which is a wonderful organization. Uh, Dr. Jim Burns is the president, and I'm going to speak at the Refreshing Your Marriage Conference where couples come together for a weekend, and the focus is to refresh your marriage. It's a great conference. (laughs) It's an important conference. Mm -hmm. February is a month where, you know, Valentine's Day happens. It's the love month and it's a good reminder to, you know, do a wellness check on our relationships. Now, speaking of refreshing our marriage, tell us where we can start with that, because not only are you an expert when it comes to children, you're an expert when it comes to relationships, at least in my opinion. Well, thank you. Marriage is one of those things that we can just kind of turn into roommates. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like you give each other a high five as you're walking down the hallway. Can you take care of this? I got the kids. You got that. Who's picking them up? What are we doing for dinner? And it just we go into business mode sometimes. And we have to remember that this is our boyfriend, our girlfriend, the love of our life. And and I say boyfriend, girlfriend, because how we treat each other when we're dating. Remember that? How it's like, oh, I want him to like me and I want to make sure I'm good to him and all of that. Sometimes we get married and we forget that it's important to still do that. It's important to to still woo them. It's important to still be his girlfriend and and do things that he likes. And I mean, not forgetting ourselves because we got to take care of ourselves because we don't do that. We've got no overflow to give our spouse, but just that whole romantic side of the relationship. Sometimes we forget about it. We forget to take care of each other and be there for each other in a romantic way and in a, in a, a, a marriage way, not a, not like we're business partners. That's especially true, though, too, when you have children. We completely forget about our spouse, and quite often we'll put them at the bottom of the list, but in reality we should be putting them at the top. That's right. And, you know, you when kids, it's so difficult to keep things going when you've got kids. And I have this great thing that I did when my kids were little, and I called it hot dog night. 
and it was just a phenomenal time for the whole family. And what I did when my kids were little, I didn't let them have hot dogs a lot. There was something that came out that said it wasn't good for them, and I was one of those crazy moms, and so I wasn't letting them have hot dogs too much. But anyway, I tell the kids, <laughs> it's a hot dog night, and they get all excited. And what hot dog night was, I'd make them hot dogs and a little treat, and they got to bed early. And they didn't realize it was earlier. I, I acted like it was later than it was. And I took them to the park, let them run around, get real tired. And then I'd put them, I'd give them some dinner. And then I'd put them in a dark room and I'd put a movie on. And by six o'clock, they were in bed. And they had no idea because they didn't know what time it was yet. Of course, when your kids get old, you can't do this anymore. <laughs> so once six or seven, they'd be in bed. And then the rest of the evening was an adult date at home. And I, I would make a nice dinner. My husband and I would just, it, it would be like we were out somewhere, but we weren't. We were home. And it was wonderful. It was a date night at home. And it was cheap. And it was great. And everybody loved it. I told the kid, I told the kids it's hot dog night. They loved it. Told my husband it was hot dog night. He loved it. So it was just a way that I remembered him and remembered our marriage. And and sometimes, you know, you, you start getting into the routine. And I go, okay, we need hot dog night. We need hot dog night. And and even today, the kids laugh about it. And I think my kids actually do that themselves sometimes. They'll do that, put their kids to bed and have a date night at home. It's simple little things. My husband and I yesterday actually just went to one of the large furniture stores here. And it has a little play area for kids that you can send them for an hour. So we put them in the little play area and had our little date. It was in the store, but it was so go. refreshing because... You're so bombarded by these children that you don't have that time. You're like, hey, we were talking. We were reminiscing about the past. It's amazing what can come up when you have that opportunity to finally just sit there and be together with them. Yes, it's so true. And if we look for those windows, we can find them. We just got to remember our spouse and remember just to pay attention to them and, and to keep our marriage fresh. So kids are one thing that kind of, you know, get in the way of our marriage another thing that can typically you know throw things off a little bit can be the way we are dealing with things such as mental health such as anxiety things like that can throw off a relationship significantly you yourself have experience with this tell us a little bit about your story oh. and how you've managed to refresh your marriage in that area yes i'm so glad you brought that up you know i've been married 40 years that's a long time <laughs> And for a really long time, my husband and I thought we had certain marriage problems, but really we didn't have marriage problems. We both were dealing with anxiety and we didn't know it. But if, if he was having some anxiety and I was having some anxiety and they would collide, it, 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 would, it wasn't pretty at all. And for me, you know, I've got some childhood trauma and I never realized that I dealt with anxiety. I know that sounds really like, really, how could you not know that? I was painting one day with my adult son and I had made a mistake. I go, Oh no, Oh no. And my hands are flapping back and forth. And I'm like, Oh no, no, look what I did. And, and my son's like, mom, you're having a panic attack. I go, that's what that is. Mm. Do not know. And I, and I was like, Whoa, that's what that is. And then I realized I had just learned how to deal with it when I would have different, like just that anxiety that we feel inside where we just feel like we, we just have no control over anything. And I, I would just learn to go, okay, breathe and just keep going. But that that inside motor would sometimes just get triggered and go, go, go. And <clears throat> there's certain things that'll trigger my anxiety. And I've noticed that. And 
And I realized, my goodness, I deal with anxiety. And then we realized my husband deals with anxiety. And I was like, oh, that's anxiety. Where I used to think, oh, he's just being mean. <laughs> like, that's my, <laughs> my mind, I would be like, he would get in a certain way. And I mean, I love my husband. He's wonderful. But, you know, he, sometimes he just start acting in a way and I just, and, and he would act differently towards me. And in my mind, I'm like, he's just being mean. Why is he being mean? But now I know it's not that he's being mean. He's dealing with some of his own anxiety. And so I had to reframe it and go, oh, he's just dealing with something. This has nothing to do with me. And that can totally change your whole marriage. And so when he and I started having those conversations, oh, I, you know, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety today. And I would tell him how I was feeling. Then he would know it just I just know this has nothing to do with me. She's got some stuff she's dealing with today. And then me the same way. Totally changed the whole marriage. Like we don't let our anxieties fight each other anymore. Yeah. <laughs> we, just, we go and we deal with it. And, and, and we've, you know, learned that there's actually treatment for anxiety out there. And so, you know, we, we went and got some help and, you know, getting help for you is getting help for your marriage, right? When we get mm-hmm. better, our marriage gets better and it's okay to go seek help when we're having trouble with things. If Whatever it is, when things come up, there's so much out there now that we can get help for and we need to, we need to go, you know what, let's go get help for this. And some people will say to me, oh, my husband will never go for therapy or he'll never go for any kind of treatment. That's okay. You go, you go. We don't need them to go. We just need to go if there's something going on. And even if, you know, you say, oh, I'm going for them because they're having so much trouble. Well, you know what? You get yourself into therapy. You're going to find out, oh, uh, I got some problems, too. And, yes. and it's so easy to point the finger. Look what you did. Look at that. And you need help with this. No, we can go get help for ourselves. And as we change, then our, our spouse will respond differently to us because we're getting more healthy, because we're getting the tools we need to be more healthy and to deal with the things that are in our lives. And it just makes that relationship that much stronger. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Now, getting help for you is getting help for your marriage. Definitely. What what What's interesting, too, when we talk about all of these things, it all goes back to communication as well. That's got to be a huge thing. I know in my marriage, communication is huge for us to keep it refreshed and to keep it strong and to keep it going. Um, tell us a little bit more about how communication can really refresh your marriage, especially when you take that time to sit there and talk, not just talk, but talk. Listen to, it doesn't matter what mm-hmm. we say, it matters what the other person hears. And the, that is just so true. The, the more I work with couples, sometimes you have to stop and go, did you, did you just hear what they just said? And my husband, and I do that all the time. He'll say something and I'll go, okay, wait a minute. This is what I heard you say. And he's like, nope, I didn't say that. This is what I said. And the reverse is true too. Sometimes it'll take four rounds. He'll say something. I'll go, okay, this is what I heard. Or sometimes, sometimes I'll say something. And I'll say to him, okay, what did you hear me say? Well, you said that, no, honey, I didn't say that. Okay. What did you say? Say it again. And I say it again. And then because it, oh, it's what they hear, what they interpret from what we are saying. And that is so important. And sometimes we're not, we're afraid to be vulnerable with each other. We're afraid to show each other who we really are. I know in the beginning of our marriage, 
it was like, okay, we, we mostly fought, my husband and I, in the beginning. It was like, if I show you who I really am, are you still going to love me? Mm-hmm. And underneath all of that fear, and fr- was underneath all of the fighting was fear and frustration and, and the fear to show each other who we were. It's like, are you safe? If I really show you who I am, are you still going to love me? So it was just easier to fight than to be vulnerable. So we would just fight rather than just, just get real and vulnerable with each other. But it, with couples, we all need to learn to trust our spouse with our feelings and what is going on. And sometimes things are happening. And like sometimes I'm just embarrassed to tell him what's going on. Like there was one time I did this podcast thing or something and I had they asked me to review it. And I had to review it and I was listening to myself and I just couldn't stand what I was hearing. I was like, oh, I, I, I just didn't like what I said. And I was so critical of myself. And as I'm listening, he comes in the room and he didn't realize what I was doing, but he was being really sweet. He was asking me if I needed help with something or whatever. And I was just a jerk to him. I just was I responded in a horrible way. And next thing I know, he's gone and he's in the other room. And then it hit me. Oh, you're a jerk. Like he was being really sweet to you and you like really responded in a nasty way. And I thought, okay, I got a couple choices here. I could just move on and forget that this happened or I can go be honest with him about what's going on. And so I go find him. I'm like, honey, I'm like, Mike, I was, I'm so sorry. I was a real jerk. I said, I was listening to that podcast thing I did and I just, oh, I sounded so awful to myself and I just was really getting on myself. And I'm embarrassed to tell him this because I, it's embarrassing what I was doing. And I said, I'm just beating myself up. And I I just felt like I did a really bad job. And then you came in and I took it out on you. And I'm just so sorry. I just, I just, you know, I feel terrible about it. And, but I, you know, listening to that, I just, oh, I couldn't stand what I sounded like and what I said. And he was like, honey, he goes, I heard that interview. You were fantastic. What are you talking about? Why are you beating yourself up? So my vulnerability completely changed the conversation. He forgave me. But being vulnerable now, we're closer instead of me just being a jerk. And, you know, he didn't know why I was acting that way to him. And he could have taken it personally. Luckily, he didn't that day. And and then we were able to have the real conversation, which was, hey, this is what I'm feeling about myself right now. And and it has nothing to do with you. And a lot of times that's the way it is. Let me forget about that. How important how important is it? to incorporate our faith back into all of this when it comes to refreshing a relationship and strengthening it? Well, those of us who have put our faith in Jesus Christ, obviously our faith is a big part of everything. Everything we do, we we need to go to the Father. And I, I know for, for me and my husband, sometimes we'll just be in a conflict. And there have been times where he'll come, you know, I'll say, okay, I'm just going to pray about this. And I'm praying, and then he'll come in wherever I'm at, he'll come in the room, like if I'm, if I'm in our bedroom, and he'll say, I was just praying out in the kitchen. And I'm thinking to myself, whoa, I was praying in here. And he's like, and I feel like we need to do this. And and I'm like, yeah, I, I know, like that's what happened. So, like, we both know that if we're kind of at an impasse, it's like, you know, like in a boxing ring, you go to your corners, and, you know, you get your water and you recharge. Well, for us, you go to your corners and you pray. <laughs> <laughs> when you when something's going on with your spouse and it just it, it, like you just can't see eye to eye or the conflict seems like it's you know getting bigger rather than smaller the best thing to do is just time out you know hit the bell let the bell go go in your corners go pray and go talk to God about it and then once you get yourself a little straight then you can come back together 
and and then it could go really easy. And a lot of times this happens at night, right? It's late at mm-hmm. night. Something comes up. Someone says something. Someone's feelings are hurt. You you know, it gets a little crazy. My husband and I have this rule. Well, actually, it's more his rule than mine. <laughs> After nine o'clock, we don't talk about anything serious. So if I bring anything up and it's 901, he'll go, oh, look, it's after nine. Because at night when you're tired, it's not going to go well. Would you bring up those sticky subjects or something that could get heated? And so we don't we don't let ourselves go into the night with these, you know, we used to years ago with like big conflicts. And sometimes, you know, we take that verse, don't let the sun go down in your anger. And then we're like, we just got to fight it out till we, you know, get this clear. <laughs> No, put it on the table. Say, okay, I love you. Let's go to sleep. We'll pick this up in the morning. And when we do that, two seconds in the morning, we're like, okay, what what were we talking about last night? What was our conflict? What, what? And then we, oh yeah. And then and then done. Thirty seconds. Thirty seconds. Like sometimes a minute, two minutes, just quick, quick. We can resolve it. We're fresh. Where where you're in the you know in the morning you're not tired late at night it's never a good time to get into conflicts just pr- you know put it on the table say we're gonna we'll revisit this in the morning and then talk about it again in the morning it'll go really quick. When it comes to couples, you've worked with couples for quite some time in your church. What is the most common thing that typically comes up when you're working with these couples? A lot of times they don't understand where the other person's coming from. They know their perspective. They know what's happening on their end, but it's hard to jump over and see what their spouse's perspective is. When I work with ladies, a lot of times, you know, it'll start with he does this and he doesn't do this and he didn't. And they go and I'll let them I'll let them go on for a little bit. I'll go, okay, what's going on? And they tell me and I'll let them go for a little bit. And then I'll say, okay, tell me what you like about him. Tell me the good things about him. Oh, oh, well, he's great. He he's such a good dad and he works hard and he he loves the Lord. And and, and I'm like, OK, so you, we're talking about a man who loves you, loves the kids, loves the Lord. I go, you have a good man here. Like, let's start there. And then when you revisit all those other things, suddenly when you change your perspective, it, it, those things aren't as 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 a huge deal as you thought they were when you really say, oh, wait, I have a good man here. He comes home at the end of the day. Some men don't like if that's all he's doing, that that's good. <laughs> let's, let's focus on that. Like that's a good man. So I think sometimes couples just they they don't know how to look at it from their partner's perspective. And we need to jump into their side and go, OK, if I was them, how would I feel about this? And I do that on a regular basis with my marriage and I'll look at it. Oh man, I was a real jerk. Like now I see his perspective, but when we're in our own side, our own stuff, it's hard to see it from their perspective and men and women see things differently, right? We know that. Yes. (laughs) Now the things we want and the things that matter sometimes are very different from our husbands and husbands want and, and, need certain things and it sometimes is different from their wives and we need to be able to talk about those things and talk about those differences like this is the most important thing to me and it took you know years of really getting to know my husband and I asked him pointed questions okay what what is the most important thing I do what can I do to make you feel special how can I love you better because a lot of times we do what we want right but that's not what they want 
it's like the couple who um, they're married for for many years and they would have toast every night for before they went to bed. It was their routine. And one night it was their anniversary and he gave her the end piece of the toast. The, the What's it called at the end? It's a, it's the, uh, yeah. the there's a word for that. But uh, anyway, the crusty piece. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he gave her the, the, the end piece on the on the toast. And she started crying. She goes, I can't believe that on our anniversary, you gave me the end piece of the toast. And he said, honey, that's my favorite one. I gave it to you because that's my favorite. I thought it was your favorite, too. So here you go. She doesn't like the end pieces. He does. He gives it to her. She starts crying because she thinks he's shorting her. No, he's loving her. And that happens in our relationships. Sometimes they're doing something good, but we see it as negative because through the way we want it, maybe that's not what we want. We need to ask those questions. How can I love you better? What do you like? Do you like it when I do this? How how can I be a better wife? How can I be a better husband? That really matters when we ask those questions. So important. You've got your conference that you're speaking at, refreshing your marriage. What else is coming up for you? I'm working on some stuff with my agent. Uh, I've got a new book coming out in April. Turtle finds his talent for little kids. So exciting to, to do a kid's book. Finally, just really excited about that book coming out. It's Sue Zonder Kids and really, really fun book with the turtle goes in and out of his shell on one of the pages. It's adorable. They did a wonderful job. People want to learn more about that book. They want to learn more about you. How can they go about doing that? They can go to lousays.com, L-U-S-A-Y-S. Thank you so much for joining us again here on the show. Thank you for having me, Colleen. And thank you again for joining us and for listening today. Remember, if you want to listen to this full conversation again and hear parts that we weren't able to get onto the radio show, you can do that by checking out our podcast, Connections with Mike, Tom, and Colleen Hood. You can find that at podcastfield.ca or wherever else you get your favorite podcast from. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.